My dear friends, we are starting our weekly declaration again in the year 2022 with a topic that says submission, repentance, and salvation. We need his praises that we may forge ahead this year with the enormous work that needed to be done. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us. Therefore, I will say, bow down yourself, your head, as we run this year's meditation with Brother Paul and Roger. I say, bow down your head. Abba Father, we thank you, Lord Father, for everything you are going to do in the life of my listeners. Daddy, I thank you, Lord Father, for that wonderful gift of upliftment, of salvation. Daddy, O Lord Father, of breakthrough that you have promised us this year, fruitfulness that none shall elude any of us in the name of Jesus. Brethren, we are going to be running today's illustration from the book of 1 John chapter 1, 8 to 10, and Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2 and finally Isaiah 1 verse 18 go with me John chapter 1 John chapter 1 verse 8 if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we acknowledge our sins he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all our wickedness. If we say that we have no, we have not sinned, we make God a liar, and His word is not in us. Go to Isaiah chapter fifty-nine, verse two. It is rather your iniquity or your sins that have separated you from your God. It is your sin that have made him hide his face from you so that he does not hear you. And finally, let's get to Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18. And he said, Come now, says the Lord, let us reason together. Though your sins are like scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will become like wool. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good things of the land. And I say, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the blessings of 2022. Hallelujah. Friends, I want you to look deeper into your life 
and fetch out every bad habit and secret sins. Lay them down before God in sincere regret and sorrow. Seek for His mercy and total liberation as we run this program today. As you're listening to this, I want you to go inside of you. Undoubtedly, He is so concerned about His children that He would rather take it as a crime not to forgive you, not to receive you back, not to accept you when there is a genuine repentance. When you when you willfully cry unto him for Christ's name, when the blood of Jesus is there on the cross of Calvary and speaking something that the blood of Abel was not saying, I want somebody to reflect back on the invitation of Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 and 19. And they say, come. I know you have sinned, but I say, come. I know those things that are troubling you. And I say, bring them. Come along with them. Let's resume together. That is a father that is inviting the child. He said, come, let's reason together. Let's understand where you are missing. Let's understand why you are missing it. The Father is giving us an open check invitation. He said, come with them. I know they are of heavy laden. But he said, come with them. I will give you rest. He said, come with them. I will carry them. My weight is not heavy. My yoke is light. He said, come. He's giving us an open invitation. Listen, the blood of Jesus is full of power to purge your conscience. According to the scriptural report in the book of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 to 14. For if the sprinkling of blood, that ceremonial blood, cleans somebody from his iniquity, I mean the blood of goat, the blood of bull, and burnt ash as plain called to people, and it cleanses them. And the Bible is saying how much more the blood of Christ Jesus, the blood that have no sin, the blood, a, a pure blood, that how clean it is that it will take away your iniquity. But all you needed is that he expect you to come willingly. Do you know why? Because he created us and he gave us choice. He cannot force you to come. He expected you to on your own repent and bring yourself to him and say, Lord, I have sinned. Lord, enough is enough. Lord, I am prepared to go this extra mile with you this year. Lord, I am prepared to obey you. I know I have been doing it wrong. Just like in the book of Luke chapter 15, when the, the, the prodigal son, the father allowed him to go and he left the father. He went to a far country. He squandered the grace. He squandered the favor. He squandered all that had been given to him. And when he and the father did not was just in his own his father was like oh my son is dead my son i have lost him and 
until he, when he finished eating of the pig's food, the dirty food, and he said on his own, no, it is time I repent. It's time I go back to my father. Even if he's going to take me like his hirelings, that I am going back to him and ask him, Lord, Father, take me back. I know I have sinned against you. And when he said this to his heart, the scripture says, and he carried himself the way he was in his tattered cloth, in his without ring again, without surpass again, without anything. He said, I am going back to the Father the way I am. That I know that even if he take me like one of his hired labor, that I am going to feed better. And that is what the scripture is saying today. That we should come the way we are. And the scripture says in the book of Luke chapter 15, he said, and when the Father saw him from afar, the Lord will visit somebody from afar. Willing and obedient, the Lord is going to visit you in the name of Jesus. And I want to tell somebody here that the Lord is already willing to go that extra mile by sending his angels to go and reclothe you, to go and remove that garment of poverty, that garment of shame, that garment of pains, that garment of agony, and clothe you with the garment of holiness, with the garment of purity, with the garment of increase, with the garment of favor, with the garment of grace. If you love this, I want you to shout Amen. So brethren, if that blood of good can cleanse that, of course, the blood of Jesus can purify your human spirit from the dead works and present you blameless to serve the living God. What you are required is to show forth is to believe that the blood of Jesus, to believe in his death, to believe in his burial, to believe in his resurrection. Friends, don't agree with the enemy of the church, the enemy, your enemy the devil, to reject this God's word of salvation in order to remain in your sin, in order to remain in your iniquity. Say absolutely no. It is not appropriate because you can never consider anything more excellent than entering into a personal relationship with Christ Jesus. To enter into a personal relationship with his spirit, with the Holy Spirit, to enter into personal relationship with the resolated Lord. God loves you and created you to know him personally and to have a personal relationship with him. That's why he's calling you today and say, come. He said, come. That is to show you how much God loves you and created you to know him personally. I want to inform you that in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, he says, He who was betrayed and crucified because of our sin and was raised from death because of our justification. He was raised from death in order that you will be justified. 
Who told you that that sin of yours is so great that God cannot forgive? Who told you that you cannot do it better this year? Who told you that because you have done one thing or the other that God cannot forgive you? He is looking at that blood that speaks better than the blood of Abel. He's looking at the risen Jesus. He's looking at the sacrifice he has he has done in the cross of Calvary that you may have a new life. The ball is on your court. It is for you to either accept or to reject. But I want to tell you, brethren, that the best thing a man can do is to accept this call and run with him this year, 2022. That everything you are doing, you allow the Spirit to control you. You allow the Spirit to direct you. And as you do this, I want to tell you that we are going to have a great year. We are going to see his salvation. We are going to experience his power. We are going to experience his, his, his miracle. And your life will not remain the same. In the name of Jesus. Bow down your heads. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I recognize, accept, and confess that I am a sinner and that there is no sinner like me in the whole world. How often have I lived far like the prodigal son from you and your commandment and counter the blood of Jesus by what? By which he has sanctified on the cross of Calvary that I may be saved. Father, what an insult have I done to the grace that has been made available to me. I ask this moment, I beseech you, O Lord, that you, O Lord, with the blood of Calvary, that you sanctify me from all my iniquity in the name of Jesus. Do not forsake me, Lord. Speak your word upon my life for total repression from all kinds of transgressions that I have possibly engaged myself either consciously or unconsciously. Lord, I present 2022 before you. And I say, may my entire life, my family, that you, Lord Father, be cleansed and that we may follow your footstep in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Immortal Redeemer. Thank you, King of Kings. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Brethren, I thank you for listening to this broadcast today and I ask you that you continue to listen to this as this year go by. You will continue to see our new ladies. I still remain your brother in the Lord, brother Paul and watcher. Remain blessed as we continue to pray together that the will of the Lord shall continue guide us in Jesus' mighty name. Peace be unto you. Shalom.
friends, you are welcome to this week's meditation. And our topic this week says, Repair the Broken Altar. Taken from the book, first book of Kings 18, verse 30. Then Elijah says to the people, Draw closer to me. And they drew closer to him. He then repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been thrown down. Friends, our first question is, what is an altar? And I says, an altar is a place where divinity and humanity and humanity meet. An altar is a place of decision making when it comes to the spiritual matter. It is a place where destinies are make or mar. An altar is a place of sacrifice. Every altar must have a priest or priestess. When altar is broken, it goes with consequence. Amen. Altars are very significant in relationship with God and His people from generations to generations. In God's dealing with the patriarch, the priest, the prophets, and the Israel as a nation under the old covenant, erection of altars of worship was a very prominent theme. We can remember our father Noah built an altar unto God to set the stage for a new beginning after water destroyed the entire creation. Our father Abraham also erected an altar as landmark of his divine encounter with God through his pilgrimage in the land of Mesopotamia. Jacob also at Bethel erected an altar as a place of encounter with him and God. We also remember that God specifically instructed Moses, his servant, to build an altar for him. Solomon also had a divine encounter after building an altar for the Lord. And they also had great sacrifice on the altar. That is the place God asked him, Ask me of anything and I will give it to you. An altar is a place of sacrifice. It may not just be the sacrifice of ram and goat because the blood of Jesus have done that. But there are other sacrifices that may be expected of you. So it is clear for us now to know that altar provides a clear point of connection between God and his people. In a man's relationship with God, the state of his altar 
determines a lot of things in his life. In fact, the whole life of a Christian is the reflection of the state of his altar and the relationship with God. When anything goes wrong with a man or a nation or, or any relationship with a man and his altar, the reflection is seen immediately. The first thing that to consider in search for solution is to check what is the altar of that man speaking. The reign of Kengahab, the place we read, the nation of Israel was under terrible cause. Rain ceased for three and a half years. Lives of men and women were Setting, suffering a lot of setback and the entire land was under cause and consumed by severe famine. What was the genesis of this problem? In the days of Ahab, God was totally forgotten. His temple and his sacred altars were broken down and he and he was denied of the worship and intimacy that he desired from his people. Rather, the people were constantly worshipping the god of the Sidonians, which the Jezebel brought into the land and was called the Baal. Israel continued in this setback until Elijah appeared in the scene. Friends, I want to tell you that what happened at Mount Carmel was just a reflection of the knowledge of Elijah understanding what altar had be in the life of a believer. Elijah understood that when an altar is broken, that it goes with consequence. That is why wisdom told him in the book of First Kings, chapter 18, 30 to 32, that the first thing to do was to repair the broken altar, the broken altar of the living God which was broken down years back by when you read First Kings chapter 16 verse 32 and replaced it. It was broken down and was replaced by the, the, the altar of Baal. The, the, the scripture says that he even that Ahab even built a groove which brought about a contravening of the law of God in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 5. So it is of necessity that the altar must be must be repaired. Otherwise, whatever you are doing, friends, is a waste of time. That's why we bring it up this early January, this early of the year, that we have to do a repair of the broken altar. We have a lot of altars that have been broken down in our lives. Remember that the scripture says that you are the temple or the altar of the Holy Spirit. What have you broken? How many of his obedient how many of, of his commandments and laws have you actually broken? 
Beloved, I want to assure you there is a spiritual altar in our hearts which must be properly prepared for us to experience God's divine presence and the all-around victory this year. Just as the children of Israel suffered setback as a direct consequences of their disregard and the neglect to the sacred altar. The same thing happens when we neglect the place of God in our heart, the place of Holy Spirit in our hearts. The majority of our troubles as believers can be traced to the state of our relationship with God. When something goes wrong with our relationship with God, everything, every aspect of our life, our health, our business, our our finance, everything, our marriage will start to fall. That's why when there's a song that says when Jesus is in the family, that family is a happy home. But when Jesus is absent in the family, that family starts to suffer from setbacks. Setback in the sense that marriages will start to crumble, destinies are wasted away. And even people start to lose relevance, even in their places of work and the places they are in the present generation, all because the altar is broken. For those of us who desire true victory and divine visitation this year and beyond, I advise that the first thing to do is to repair the broken altars of our relationship with God. God desires very intimate relationship with us, and we cannot afford to offer Him, but uh, to offer Him backseat in the affairs of our life. The strength we need for the journey of this of life this year as believers is only to tap in the place of our daily consistent communion with the Holy Spirit. For Him we live, for in Him we move, and in Him we have our being. Our heart must be full prepared to seek God passionately this year. Knowing Him intimately, nothing is more important. Those who treasure their relationship with God do not joke with the personal altar of intimacy with God. For this is what offers an assurance of victory in the life and the ministry of any believer. For sake of time, I want to quickly relate to us some altars that we need that to attend to or to repair immediately. We must repair the altar of attitude. Philippians chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, 30 to 32. Get the right attitude towards God. Stay right with Him. The second one is the altar of prayer. I told us before that the altar is a place of sacrifice, a place of prayer. It's a place of relationship. So we must repair the altar, according to James chapter 5 verse 16, altar of favorite prayer. We must repair the altar, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17, altar of frequently praying. We must repair the altar of faith. Faith is having confidence that he who has promised us is able to perform that which he has promised. We need to repair the altar of purpose. 
what do I mean by altar of purpose? As of Apostle chapter 1, verse 8, talk about seven, altar of serving the Lord. We must repair the altar of soul winning, according to Matthew chapter 28, 18 to to, to 20. We must repair the altar of sacrifice. Second Samuel chapter 24 verse 24. We need to repair the altar of power with God. Repair the altar of power, having the right spirit, just as Psalm 51 verse 10 says, repair the altar by having the right speech, the right relationship with people. We must repair the altar by having the right given, by representing the Lord wherever we are as his ambassador. We must repair the altar of understanding whom we are in the Lord. That's your place of work. Whom are you known for? Whom do you represent? Are you a true ambassador of Christ Jesus? That is another altar that must not lack oil, that must not lack sacrifice. In the case of altar generally, there is a place of sacrifice. Unless there is a sacrifice, there is no altar. When Elijah finished repairing the altar, you and I understand what happened. The fire came down from heaven to consume the sacrifice. The Lord is still willing today. For that sacrifice you are presenting, He's still willing to consume it. And after the consumption of the, of the sacrifice on the altar, the rain that never failed for three and a half years, Elijah told the, 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 the king that there will be a heavy rain. He said, I hear the sound of abundant rain. I'm hearing the sound of abundant rain in that your business, in that your place of work, in that your health. I'm hearing the sound of abundant rain of peace. I'm hearing the sound of abundant rain of grace, of prosperity in your life. I'm hearing the sound of abundant rain in those places you have gone and you have rejected. That you go this time around and they are the ones calling on you. Why? Because you have repaired the altar and you have done the right sacrifice on that altar. How often do you study the scripture that you will know the mind of God concerning you, concerning the situation you find yourself? These are the places of altar, the places of sacrifice. You must sacrifice your time. You must sacrifice your talent. You must sacrifice your treasure. In the place of the altar of the Almighty, you must imbibe in soul winning. How do you win soul? It must not be in the place that you must go out, ringing bell early in the morning. That may be part of it. But in that your place, in your appearance, everywhere you go, do you represent God? As you do this, may the Lord bless you. In the name of Jesus. Bow down your heads. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the life of those that have listened to this prayer, to this, this ministration, this 
this night. Lord, I pray this moment, O Lord Father, that as they rebuild their altars, let there be a true divine victory. Let there be true victory. Let there be true divine visitation in their lives. In the name of Jesus, I ask the Holy Spirit for a rededication in their family, that the Lord shall restore that marriage that is having crisis, that he shall restore that home that are broken, that he shall restore that home that is having one issue or the other, in the name of Jesus. Brethren, you see here the voice of your brother, brother Paul and Watcher. I pray that the Lord continues to lead you, guide you as you do uh, everything that he placed before you this year in the name of Jesus. Shalom. Friends, we are welcome to this week's meditation. And our topic this week says, Repair the Broken Altar. Taken from the book, first book of Kings 18, verse 30. Then Elijah says to the people, Draw closer to me. And they drew closer to him. He then repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been thrown down. Friends, our first question is, what is an altar? And I say an altar is a place where divinity and humanity, and humanity meet. An altar is a place of decision-making when it comes to the spiritual matter. It is a place where destinies are made or made. An altar is a place of sacrifice. Every altar must have a priest or priestess. When altar is broken, it goes with consequence. Amen. Altars are very significant in relationship with God and His people from generations to generations. In God's dealing with the patriarch, the priest, the prophets, and the Israel as a nation under the old covenant, erection of altars of worship was a very prominent thing. We can remember our father Noah built an altar unto God to set the stage for a new beginning after water destroyed the entire creation. Our father Abraham also erected an altar as landmark of his divine encounter with God through his pilgrimage in the land of Mesopotamia. Jacob also at Bethel erected an altar as a place of encounter with him and God. We also remember that God specifically instructed Moses 
his servant to build an altar for him. Solomon also had a divine encounter after building an altar for the Lord. And they also had great sacrifice on the altar. That is the place God asked him, Ask me of anything and I will give it to you. An altar is a place of sacrifice. It may not just be the sacrifice of ram and goat because the blood of Jesus have done that. But there are other sacrifices that may be expected of you. So it is clear for us now to know that altar provides a clear point of connection between God and his people. In a man's relationship with God, the state of his altar determines a lot of things in his life. In fact, the whole life of a Christian is the reflection of the state of his altar and the relationship with God. When anything goes wrong with a man or a nation or, or any relationship with a man and his altar, the reflection is seen immediately. The first thing that to consider in search for solution is to check what is the altar of that man speaking. The reign of King Ahab, the place we read, the nation of Israel was under terrible cause. Rain ceased for three and a half years. Lives of men and women were Setting, suffering a lot of setback and the entire land was under cause and consumed by severe famine. What was the genesis of this problem? In the days of Ahab, God was totally forgotten. His temple and his sacred altars were broken down and he and he was denied of the worship and intimacy that he desired from his people. Rather, the people were constantly worshipping the god of the Sidonians, which the Jezebel brought into the land and was called the Baal. Israel continued in this setback until Elijah appeared in the scene. Friends, I want to tell you that what happened at Mount Carmel was just a reflection of the knowledge of Elijah understanding what altar had be in the life of a believer. Elijah understood that when an altar is broken, that it goes with consequence. That is why wisdom told him in the book of 1 Kings chapter 18, 30-32, that the first thing to do was to repair the broken altar. The broken altar of the living God, which was broken down years back by when you read 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 32, and replaced it it was broken down and was replaced by the, the, the altar of Baal. The, the, the scripture says that he even that Ahab even built a groove 
which brought about a contravening of the law of God in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 5. So it is of necessity that the altar must be must be repaired. Otherwise, whatever you are doing, friends, is a waste of time. That's why we bring it up this early January, this early of the year, that we have to do a repair of the broken altar. We have a lot of altars that have been broken down in our lives. Remember that the scripture says that you are the temple or the altar of the Holy Spirit. What have you broken? How many of his obedience, how many of, of his Commandments and laws have you actually broken? Beloved, I want to assure you there is a spiritual altar in our hearts which must be properly prepared for us to experience God's divine presence and the all-around victory this year. Just as the children of Israel suffered setback as a direct consequence of their disregard and the neglect to the sacred altar. The same thing happens when we neglect the place of God in our heart, the place of Holy Spirit in our heart. The majority of our troubles as believers can be traced to the state of our relationship with God. When something goes wrong with our relationship with God, everything, every aspect of our life our health, our business, our our finance, everything, our marriage will start to fall. That's why when there's a song that says when Jesus is in the family, that family is a happy home. But when Jesus is absent in the family, that family starts to suffer from setbacks. Setback in the sense that marriages will start to crumble, destinies are wasted away. And even people start to lose relevance, even in their places of work and the places they are in the present generation, all because the altar is broken. For those of us who desire true victory and divine visitation this year and beyond, I advise that the first thing to do is to repair the broken altars of our relationship with God. God desires very intimate relationship with us, and we cannot afford to offer Him back, uh, to offer Him back seat in the affairs of our life. The strength we need for the journey of this of life this year as believers is only to tap in the place of our daily consistent communion with the Holy Spirit. For Him we live, for in Him we move, and in Him we have our being. Our heart must be full prepared to seek God passionately this year. Knowing him intimately, nothing is more important. Those who treasure their relationship with God do not joke with the personal altar of intimacy with God. For this is what offers an assurance of victory in the life and the ministry of any believer. For sake of time, I want to quickly relate to us some altars that we need that to attend to or to repair immediately. We must repair the altar of attitude 
Philippians chapter Ephesians chapter 4 30 to 32 get the right attitude towards God stay right with him the second one is the altar of prayer I told us before that the altar is a place of sacrifice, a place of prayer, is a place of relationship. So we must repair the altar, according to James chapter 5 verse 16, altar of favorite prayer. We must repair the altar, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17, altar of frequently praying. We must repair the altar of faith. Faith is having confidence that he who has promised us is able to perform that which he has promised. We need to repair the altar of purpose. What do I mean by altar of purpose? As of Apostle chapter 1 verse 8, talk about seven. Altar of serving the Lord. We must repair the altar of soul winning. According to Matthew chapter 28, 18 to, to, to 20, we must repair the altar of sacrifice. Second Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. We need to repair the altar of power with God. Repair the altar of power, having the right spirit, just as Psalm 51, verse 10. 10 says, repair the altar by having the right speech, the right relationship with people. We must repair the altar by having the right given, by representing the Lord wherever we are as his ambassador. We must repair the altar of understanding whom we are in the Lord. That your place of work, whom are you known for? Whom do you represent? Are you a true ambassador of Christ Jesus? That is another altar that must not lack oil, that must not lack sacrifice. In the things of altar generally, there is a place of sacrifice. Unless there is a sacrifice, there is no altar. When Elijah finished repairing the altar, you and I understand what happened. The fire came down from heaven to consume the sacrifice. The Lord is still willing today. For that sacrifice you are presenting, He's still willing to consume it. And after the consumption of the, of the sacrifice on the altar, the rain that never failed for three and a half years, Elijah told the, 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 the king that there will be a heavy rain. He said, I hear the sound of abundant rain. I'm hearing the sound of abundant rain in that your business, in that your place of work, in that your health. I'm hearing the sound of abundant rain of peace. I'm hearing the sound of abundant rain of grace, of prosperity in your life. I'm hearing the sound of abundant rain in those places you have gone and you have rejected. That you go this time around and they are the ones calling on you. Why? Because you have repaired the altar and you have done the right sacrifice on that altar. How often do you study the scripture that you will know the mind of God consigning you, consigning the situation you find yourself? These are the places of altar, the places of sacrifice. You must sacrifice your time. You must sacrifice your talent. You must sacrifice your treasure. 
in the place of the altar of the Almighty. You must imbibe in soul winning. How do you win soul? It must not be in the place that you must go out, ringing bell early in the morning. That may be part of it. But in that your place, in your appearance, everywhere you go, do you represent God? As you do this, may the Lord bless you. In the name of Jesus, bow down your heads. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for, for the life of those that have listened to this prayer, to this this ministration, this this night. Lord, I pray this moment, O Lord Father, that as they rebuild their altars, let there be a true divine victory. Let there be true victory. Let there be true divine visitation in their lives. In the name of Jesus, I ask the Holy Spirit for a rededication in their family, that the Lord shall restore that marriage that is having crisis, that he shall restore that home that are broken, that he shall restore that home that is having one issue or the other in the name of Jesus. Brethren, you see here the voice of your brother, brother Paul and Watcher. I pray that the Lord continues to lead you, guide you as you do uh, everything that he placed before you this year in the name of Jesus. Shalom. Friends, you are welcome to today's meditation with Brother Paul and Roger. Our this week's meditation says the dry bone shall rise again. Taken from the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, 1 to 14, and Isaiah chapter 54, 7 to 8, and finally John chapter 11, 40 to 44. And I read. For the sake of time, we will just read Ezekiel chapter 37, 1 to 6. The hand of the Lord came upon me. He brought me out and led me by the Spirit of the Lord to the middle of a valley, a valley which was full of bone. He led me to and flow among them, and I could see there was a great number of bones on the ground all along the valley, and that they were very dry. The Lord said to me, Son of man, can these bones live again? I said, Lord God, only you know. He said, then he said, prophesy to these bone and say to them, dry bone, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord God said this, I am going to put spirit into you that you may live. Friends, where we just read says, they are so many. I want to tell you, in the life of a lot of Christians and believers these days, we have so many dry bones, so many dryness in our lives. Some of them in the place of health, in their marital lives, some in the place of finance, some in the place of 
even in the place of our salvation, the lot of dryness, even in the economy, the lot of dryness in the life of many. If you go down, he say, and there seems to be no hope for all of them. But the Lord God is saying today, they shall live. There shall be life upon them again. Just all you need to do is to believe. Again, let's go to Isaiah chapter 54, 7 and 8. And the word of God says, For a brief moment I abandon to you, but with great compassion I will take you back. For a moment in an outburst of anger I have I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love I have had mercy on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. This things, this dryness may be as a result of a brief moment of abandonment by the Lord. But tonight, this week, it is telling you that he will have great compassion. He will have his mercy upon you. Remember he says, I will have mercy on whom I shall have mercy. He has remembered you and he says, I will have mercy. And John 11, 40-44 says, And Jesus replied, Have I not told you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So they removed the stone. And Jesus lift up his eyes and says, Father, I thank you for you have heard me. 42. I know that you always hear me, but I speak for the sake of the people standing around me, that they may know and believe that you sent me. 43. When Jesus has finished this, he cried out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. 44. The dead man came out, his hands, feet bound into a cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. So Jesus said to them, Untie him. Let him go. Some translations will say, Lose him. Let him go. Friends, in John chapter 11, verse 1 down, we know the story and account of our friend Lazarus. By now, in verse 40, Lazarus' case was as hopeless and as dry as the dry bone in Ezekiel chapter 37, 1-14. The friends, the relatives were already crying because his chapter has been closed. A lot of persons that are under the influence of my voice this moment have a lot of things they believe that the case has closed. The doctors have already given you a, a bill that it is there's nothing anybody can do about it. Your womb has been sealed. It will not work again. 
that issue has been bad. It's too bad that it cannot be remediated. But I bring a message of hope today that that dry bone will come back to life. And the word of God says, if you believe. Tell yourself, I believe. In your life, you must consider those areas that were dried up and ask God for revival. And ask God to release reviving power. And ask God to visit you on those areas for fresh life and fertility. No matter how bad that case may be, as a child of God, I know the lot that are passing through dryness in their marriages, in their economics, in their physical and spiritual lives. That is true. But the basic thing is not that they are alive. The basic thing is not that you partake in the activities of life. But I want to tell you what changes do you bring into the life? What changes do you bring to the generation that you find yourself in? If this is not happening, there is dryness. Someone who is in a state of dryness of any kind needs to be pitied. You may not know the, how ugly this looks or sounds when any part of your life is in a mess. You may be feeling the pain. You may be feeling the shame. You may be feeling bitterness and anxiety. Yet that is not the real enough. But I want to tell you something. It is a time to cry daily on the cross of Calvary. You cry to the crucified Jesus. You cry to God and say, Lord, have mercy on me. Because in this, in this state, you may not be able to do anything. It's just as if somebody that has an embargo. Child of God, you need to live a victorious life. You need to, to come before the crucified Jesus and say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, revive my life once again. Dryness is not a thing a man needs to stay for a long time. A good thing is that the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness. But was in all points tempted as we were without sin. That is why you and I must continually go to Him in the time of our dryness, in the time take those areas that needs His attention to Him always, because He is there to He is there to to pay His attention to it because He understands. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says, He is able to save to the utmost those who come to God through Him, since He always lives to make intercession for us. Friends, I want to tell you that God's power is the only power we need to believe and depend on for liberation in any problem that we find ourselves in. I don't want to start to enumerate any problem, as many as they are, but I want to tell you, no matter whatever you are going through now, 
any other liberation outside the touch of the awesome power of God is fake. It's not existent, it's unrealistic, it's toxic because all power, both in heaven and on earth, has been vested on Jesus, according to the book of Mark 2, chapter 28, verse 18. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. That is what John chapter 1, verse 3 to 4 says. From the above scriptures, friends, I want to tell you that it is obvious that it is only Jesus that have the ultimate power to deliver us. He is the only one that has the ultimate power to give us our blessings. He is the ultimate way where we can get our happiness and our joy. He was offered up for all those things that made dryness in your life. When he said on the cross of Calvary that it is finished, he meant it and the every of all those our troubles are finished. No matter how dangerous and how bad they are, they are finished because they have taken them away on the cross of Calvary. Listen, chapter, Ezekiel chapter 7 verse 11 says that that dry bone represents the children of God. He represents the eternity of the children of Israel. He said that the children of God says that we are dry, just as hopeless as the things that we find in this country today. The other day we say we are told that somebody satisfied a, a some quantity of fuel that is capable of damaging cars and other things. That is the kind of dryness we find ourselves in Nigeria today. But I want to tell you that even in that situation that we find ourselves, that the hands of the Lord is not short to save you. But another question is why we are dead dry? The book of Jeremiah chapter 44 verse 22 says, For my people are foolish. They have not known me. They are silly. They have no understanding of whom I am. They are wise to do evil, but they do good. They don't have the knowledge of doing good. And the book of Romans chapter 3 verse 23 says, you see, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Therefore, sin is a common sensitive tool that can bring dryness in the place, in the life of any believer. Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 to 6 reveal that God is completely holy and without holiness no eyes can see God. Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44 For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourself. You shall be holy for I am holy. Neither shall you defy yourself with any creeping things or creeping things on earth. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that sin creeps. Sin don't just walk. Sin if you don't check yourself. That's why the Bible says, be he that think that he stands should be careful lest he falls because the things that bring the children of down are little things. I encourage you these days to check yourself always that you will not fall.
In the book of Deuteronomy, he says, I will seal your heaven and I will make your earth iron. In other words, there will be a closed heaven. And we are talking this day that there shall be an open heaven because, because of our sins who close heaven can easily be found. But when you run to Jesus this moment, he, his blood is capable of opening back the heaven again. He's capable of making those dry bones to be life again. Nevertheless, child of God, we must not forget that through what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary, that you and I, the power of living a victorious life is available again for every moment. I want to tell you that there is nothing he cannot do for us. There is nothing he that sacrificed his life on the cross of Calvary cannot do. He is able to revive those dryness in our life again. This is a moment we should submit ourselves back to him. It's a moment we should ask him, Lord, make those dry bones in our life to come back. Let it fit on flesh again. Let the, the wind come from the four corners of the earth to bring back life into them. Is it in our academics for those that are in academic? Is it our, our, our promotion in those that are working? Is it our business? Is it our health? Is it whatsoever? Is it our our marital life? Is it that that we waited on to Lord that the evil one have put his hand upon and now you are now confused? I want to tell you that all hopes are not God. Jesus is calling us today. He is able to make those dry bones to come back. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 37 he, the scripture says that he turned them into a mighty soldiers. He is going to turn them to a mighty army. Those things that people were crying, those things that people we are laughing at you. It is a moment that they shall come to rejoice with you because the Lord is with you. Thank you as you listen to this in the name of Jesus. Bow down your heads and let's pray. Lord, I thank you, O Lord Father, for my listeners, that you, O Lord Father, let every dry body in their life be turned to to life again in the name of Jesus. May they experience your peace. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen.